0: Everybody standing, turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Acts chapter 2, you know I like to have you stand for the Word of God. People stand for a lot of things. Stand for God's Word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you about the shift. There's a shift taking place in the spirit realm today. I really believe it. There is a shift taking place. You may not see it with the natural eye But I'm telling you, in the spirit realm, and I'm believing, whoo, God is not finished. (laughs) Hallelujah. And I want to just help you in the spirit sense some things because this is an important day on God's calendar. You may not understand that in the natural realm on your calendar. I, I hope to enlighten you and help you teach you some things this morning, but Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 14, Peter standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words, for these are not drunk, something was going on in the upper room. And all they could define was, there's 120 drunk people up there. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Visit us today, God. (laughs) Amen. These are not drunk, as you suppose, being the third hour of the day. That's 9 a.m. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon, everybody say all flesh. flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Mom, dad, call that in for your children right now. I'm calling my children in to prophesy. Young men shall see visions, I call that in. Your old men shall dream dreams. I call that in. On my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit. That's everybody. I will pour out in those days my spirit, and they, I believe everybody's supposed to be prophesying. Is that book of Acts? Is that the word of God? They shall prophesy. I want to help you with that. You may be seated. This day in history is important. Now, 10 days ago in history, what happened? The ascension. Think about it. Jesus goes to heaven 10 days before Pentecost. 10 days before he goes to heaven. Now, I was reading in my devotions early this morning. I have to get up a little earlier on Sunday morning, but I always do my devotions before I come (laughs) And I was reading about how in the presence of angels, when one sinner gets saved, there's rejoicing. And I've been thinking about this since Easter Sunday. And especially as I crossed over last week, and I keep track of the day that Jesus ascended. And I thought on that day, 10 days ago, I thought, I wonder what it was like in heaven. When the Son of God who had been killed put on a cross put in a tomb went into the underworld preached to the captives and on that 40th day he ascended I wonder what it was like in heaven if angels will rejoice over one soul, I wonder what it was like when the Son of God came into heaven, marched into heaven, holding the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I just imagine there was a party beyond any party we could imagine, that there was celebration going on. Angels were high fiving one another. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Can you imagine what was going on? I think God allows us a little picture on earth when a father has a prodigal son, and Jesus was my, by no means a prodigal, but a father threw a big party for a son coming home. And I just exponentialize, if that's a word, that when Jesus marched into heaven, hallelujah, as the King of Kings. And the Lord of lords, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. Resurrected. And he ascends and gets into heaven. I don't believe. Now, this is in the spirit world. But if we could go back in history, there must have been something going on cataclysmic. Because the spirit world affects the natural world. And I bet if we could... If we could look at seismology, if we could look at some things on the natural side, on the year that, and the day that Jesus ascended, I'm telling you there was a rejoicing. Uh, there wasn't anybody sitting in heaven. I guarantee you all of heaven if the 24 elders are bowing in the presence of God. I don't know how you can sit still this morning. I'm telling you that when Jesus went through the portals of glory and into the outer realms, and he came into heaven, I'm telling you something was going on in this universe, in this cosmos. I'm telling you there was some rejoicing. And we got reason to rejoice this morning, Amen. You can be seated. Pentecost. Now, there's seven feasts, and Gentiles mistakenly call those Jewish feasts. God said, "No, they're my feast." Very clearly in the Old Testament, said, "They're my feast," and uh, there's seven of them. Three of those seven feasts, God says, are pilgrimage feasts. When, when God says do something, how many believe you ought to do it? And he says concerning three feasts, and there was a reason, there's a psychology behind this. Why did God want everybody present in Jerusalem at Passover? They went from about 50,0, 600,000 people to over 2 million people. And on Passover, he wanted people to be familiar with the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. Amen? And encounter that. And encounter all those dead people that were raised to the dead coming into Jerusalem. I'm telling you, you talk about a witness, supernatural witness, but then there's two other pilgrimage feasts out of the seven. You got Passover, we know what that's about. Pentecost. The attendance again goes to several million people in Jerusalem. And why? Why? Because God wanted them there when the Spirit was poured out. On that day in history, on that very day, God gives the law, the Ten Commandments, and the Torah. So that's a very important day to God. He marked that day. And he chose to do it on the same day that he gave the law on Mount Sinai, which at Mount Sinai, uh, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but it was very important what happened at Mount Sinai. But on the day of Pentecost was on the same day that he poured out his spirit. So you've got the word of God and you got the spirit of God. And then what Jesus said I want to look for in the last days? I'm looking for people that will worship me in spirit and in truth. They bring the two together. And uh, the word of God from the Old Testament, but the spirit of God from the New Testament, and let him have his way. Hallelujah. And so this was the second pilgrimage feast. Every male was required to be in attendance. This was a no-miss Sunday. Oh, well, I I got something to do, Jesus. I need to go to the lake. I need to, uh, whatever. No, you didn't do that. You did not miss. It was a commandment. Every male had to be present. And if the men were there, they brought their families. We know that. We understand that. But third pilgrimage feast is in the fall where there's three feasts but the pilgrimage feast where they're required attendance is tabernacles and that's because God is showing us something and there may be a revelation in you know I I believe in the next few years we're gonna see a revelation of Jesus Christ I, I really believe we're getting closer and closer to the coming of the Lord but Tabernacles, I believe the coming of the Lord is gonna revolve around tabernacles because God comes to dwell with mankind to be their God and we will be his people. And so the eternal plan of God, God built into the sun, moon, and stars, the, the solar plex, you, the plan of God is there. And, uh, and the feast, and, and we just gotta learn God's plan and see his footprint in history and in what he's doing. And I'm telling you, today, today is an important day. There's something happening in the spirit realm. God hadn't left this world to just happenstance. He's a big God. He's a good God. He's a kind God. He's a faithful God. Now, in chapter 2, when the spirit was poured out, there's some symbols of the Holy Spirit. But first, they were in one accord. Everybody say one accord. Do you know why the devil wants you in strife and crossways with your brother, crossways with, with, with the things of God? Because he's trying to steal your posterity, number one, your legacy. He's trying to steal your children. But he's trying to steal the supernatural out of your life. The supernatural will never work. Where there's strife and unbelief and things like that and division. The supernatural will never work. And that's why they were in one accord on the day the Spirit was poured out. And that's pretty hard for me to understand how that you could have 120 people spend ten days together and there not be somebody in that group. That didn't get upset about something but it says that on the day of Pentecost they were in one accord I think we will just say Holy Spirit help us help us Holy Spirit do you know and we can show you this from the Old Testament on the day the giving of the law Pentecost shot it's actually the Hebrew word is Shavuot they were all in one accord at the base of Mount Sinai. Your greatest moments, your greatest breakthroughs, your greatest experience of the supernatural is going to be when you're walking in accord with the body of Christ because one shall put a 1,000 to flight, two shall put 10,000 to flight. I'm telling you where there's unity, Psalm 133 says the Lord will command the blessing thereupon. Hallelujah! We call America to unity. Call the church of Jesus Christ to unity. But there was unity, and then verse 2, there was a rushing wind that filled all the house. But they all heard it. They all heard it, a rushing wind. I I want you to know, we, we were in Venezuela on a missions trip I don't know, maybe 15 years ago, and I was preaching that night, and the building was packed to capacity. All the doors were shut, the windows were shut, and uh, it was just packed. El- elbow to elbow, people were in that, that sanctuary. And uh, I was there on the front row. I hadn't got up to preach yet, but during worship, I started feeling a wind blowing, and I looked to see if in because... They had very limited air conditioning, and, uh, and then I started feeling this wind, and I just I looked for the source, and the Holy Spirit said, quit looking for the source. <laughs> just embrace the wind. I, I want to tell you, quit looking, trying to figure things out. Just embrace the wind. Just embrace, lift your hands and embrace the wind. Embrace the wind. Welcome the wind. Hallelujah, Jesus. He sent his spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, it says when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord. Suddenly there came a sound. Some commentaries say this was probably some kind of huge clap of thunder that rattled. Have you ever been in a thunderstorm when it rattles the buildings? And they, some commentaries say, it probably rattled all of Jerusalem because something got the attention of those several million people in Jerusalem. Something got their attention because they had to be drawn. The first thing that happens when people get rattled, they run to the house of God. Remember 9-11? Now, I was, y'all left me stuck in southern Peru. There weren't no planes flying and i was in southern peru and this building is packed to capacity and uh, people coming from everywhere you couldn't get in here so many people i'm telling you when when a phenomena takes place and i i just believe that god's trying to shake some things and get people's attention right now it's going to take something supernatural <laughs> that happens to get the attention of an unbelieving, skeptic world. But I want you to know that if God sends a sound, one, one writer, one revivalist said that before every great revival, there was some kind of sound that took place. Lord, let a sound resound. Let a sound resound. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, blow that shofar. Blow that shofar, Jesus. Hallelujah. And even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was a sound. Then there were cloven tongues like as a fire that sat upon each and every one of them. What did John the Baptist say Jesus would do? He'd baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. What, What? Listen. I preached the sermon, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, the original God, the original fire God, the original fire god. But I believe he is the original fire God. He's a god of fire, and he's bigger than fire. That's why three Hebrew children could walk through the fire because they were holding the hands of the fourth man in the fire, who's bigger than the flames. Hallelujah. How how about Moses when the bush was on fire, but the bush wouldn't be burned? What about the children of Israel when they're going through the the wilderness wandering? Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Every night, mama could get her kids, hey, kids, come out and look. They pull the tent flaps back. They see this flame of fire. For 40 years there was a there was a visible supernatural witness a flame of fire i'm praying for something supernatural to happen my god's a god of supernatural hallelujah and we need something supernatural to happen in america we need something supernatural to happen in jacksonville florida We need something supernatural to happen in Evangel Temple. Come on, just lift your hands and welcome the supernatural. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tongues of fire set down. I bet you wouldn't sit all crucified if a tongue of fire got on your head. I'm just too dignified to act like that. Well, let let God just put a tongue of fire on your head. Now, this has been more than 22 years ago because we've been in this building 22 years. But we were in the 1,000-seat sanctuary across the hall, and Pastor Cecil was doing a wedding. And all of the wedding party are up there on the platform, and he's presiding over it, And, uh, and I was assisting him. And all of a sudden, the bride backs into the candelabra. And she had a lot of hairspray on. And immediately, right about here, her hair caught on fire. And I looked over at my dad, and he just immediately put a hand on her, slapped her, and put that fire out. And I thought, looking across that congregation... Everybody thought the pastor just hit the bride. <laughs> he was saving her life. <laughs> I'm telling you, what we need in the church, in Evangel Temple Church, and what we need in the churches of America is for some tongues of fire to fall on our heads. 120 people had tongues of fire. Woo! Whoo! Do it again, Lord. Come on, shout, do it again, Lord. We don't need the natural fire. We need the Holy Ghost, heaven sent fire. I'm telling you that the angels in Isaiah 6 took tongs and took the coals from off of the altar and touched Isaiah's lips. And he was a burning voice for the things of God. We need some Holy Ghost fire to settle down upon the church. Peter gets up, and he preaches repentance to a lost world, to people who had gathered. The first day, 3,000 people get saved. And in that one passage, it doesn't identify that was only men. But in the next chapter, a few days later, Peter, and there's still a lot of people in Jerusalem, when Peter gets up, 5,000 men get saved. 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. So you can see in just a matter of a couple days, the church is just multiplying. And uh, listen, he preaches repent and be baptized. I believe that Peter, now Peter had gone from 40 days before, or actually, I'm sorry, 50 days before. He'd gone from 50 days before denying Jesus. But all of a sudden, Peter stands up. Something's happened. He's been in the upper room. He got touched by a flame of fire. He went from denying to preaching. He went from denying to to telling people they need to repent of their sins. I want to tell you on this Sunday morning, Pentecost Sunday, if you're embracing sin in your life, you need to repent of that sin. You need to confess that sin. You do not need to embrace the sins of the world. The Bible says the wages of sin will kill you. Sin will kill you. What it does, it works unrighteousness in your life. And that unrighteousness opens you wide up. And you got to get the sin out of your life and live a righteous and holy life before the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And Peter got up and he preached repentance. Jesus preached repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Isaiah preached repentance. I could go right through all the Old Testament prophets. They preached repentance, and our world needs to hear that they need to repent of their sins, turn from their sins. Amen. The remedy for mankind is repent and turn to God. But I believe every one of those people were baptized in water. You need to be baptized in water say, Pastor, how could 3,000 and then maybe 20,000 a few days later be baptized? Go with me next March to Israel and we'll show you what has been excavated in the last few years at the base of the Temple Mount. And when I show you that, you'll understand how they could have baptized so many people. And uh, in one day, I mean, you're talking about baptism. Uh, I was in Cuba on one mission trip, and the pastor had hurt his back. And uh, I was preaching for him, and he said, can you do baptism today? I said, sure, I'll I'll help you out. And he said, we're going down to uh, the Gulf, and it was on the Gulf side of Cuba and there. And and, uh, and, uh, he said, you're going to baptize. I said, okay. We got there. He had 75 people to be baptized is that my phone (laughs) hey it ain't over (laughs) somebody set an alarm to go off at 1147 I'm not finished preaching yet (laughs) hallelujah hallelujah well i'm telling you he preached they got saved and i believe every one of them got baptized in the holy ghost would peter have preached something that he didn't and i mean would he have experienced something that he did not follow up and preach he preached for them to get saved baptized in water and baptized in the holy ghost I want you to know, I believe every one of those thousands of people that were coming to Christ got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I, I don't believe they got a little, little uh, for those of you that go back to the Vitalis days, a little dab do you. That's back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yes, I did have Vitalis too. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And Brill Cream. Hallelujah. I don't even know where that came from. But, amen. I'm going to find out who set that alarm. (laughs) But they began being witnesses. Listen, how many love God? Raise your hand. If you love God, raise your hand. How many love Jesus? Raise your hand. Do you know what he's told every one of us? empowered them to go out and be my witnesses if we love God and love Jesus there's no way we can't not witness to people and share our faith I was in Home Depot yesterday and uh, my son taught me something important yesterday in Home Depot he said when you're in a place like this if you get a call he was talking about mom (laughs) from your wife uh, he said don't take the call She's wanting you to pick up something else while you're there. And that was true. I answered the phone. (laughs) Can you get this? And I ended up getting the wrong thing. (laughs) But I witnessed to two different people while I was in there. And and I said, do you have a church home? No, we don't go to church. I don't go to church. I don't go to church. I said, look outside the doors there. You see that big cross? I said, I want you to come meet me there tomorrow. And they could see the cross from, from Home Depot and uh, you got to talk to people we got to invite people everybody this isn't something for me to do I love doing this but you got to do this you got to bring people we got to be witnesses and that's what Jean's been doing down in Honduras for four months four months she just got back this week and so amen Where is is Dave and Lisa in this service I know they were in the early service uh they they're in the early service but Today they're launching a, a ministry that they're going to lead, and uh, to orphans and to uh, uh, adopting children out. And uh, if you're interested in being a part of orphans ministry and foster parenting, you would be in conference room one tonight at five. And uh, if you're interested, men in a men's ministry, for Scott. Scott, don't you stand. I want you to come see Scott. I'm going to be leading a men's ministry. And uh, you come see Scott and sign up with Scott uh, to help us out, to be a part of the men's ministry. But I'm telling you, God's doing something in this hour, and I want the worship team to come back. Hallelujah. 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 Acts 1-8. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. It started in Jerusalem. I'm thankful that somebody carried it to America. I'm thankful that the gospel spread, but because people were being touched by the Spirit. And I want to tell you, if you love God, if you love Jesus, you got to be a witness for him. You got to be a witness. And we got to spread this gospel. There's people everywhere. John 14. And I've scratched my chin a lot over this passage over the years because Jesus said, Greater things than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Father. Jesus, how can we do greater things? He said, I'm going to send my spirit, and I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you the spirit, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, now is alive in you. How can we do greater things? Why should we do greater things? Because we're under commission. Go do greater things. We can't heal a... My dad used to like say it this way. I can't heal a flea with a headache. But I know who can. And I know the power of the Holy Spirit's available to every one of us. Amen? And then we're called to prophesy. This last word. is on my servants and handmaidens. I will pour out my spirit. And they shall prophesy it's time the church open her mouth and we prophesy bones come together that's why it's so important you monitor everything that you say because you're a spirit being and what you put out there be careful put the word out there return his word to him Cause it'll never return void and uh, if you have to cancel some things say Lord cancel that I cancel that amen how many have ever had somebody speak over something something over you that wasn't good listen you just need to say I cancel that I cancel that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ A brand new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. My children are going to be saved, baptized in the Holy Ghost, pursuing the the will of God. That's what I'm speaking. Isaiah says, All your children shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Prophesy that over your children. Every single person under pastor's voice needs to be prophesying. You need to open your mouth and you need to prophesy. Ezekiel was told to prophesy. Prophesy to the wind, prophesy to the bones. We need to open our mouth. I want you to stand and I want every single person to make your way to this altar. And we're gonna prophesy. Come on, make your way. Pick up your belongings and come on, come to this altar.